0: Thanks for tuning in to Best Show Ever, a podcast presented by the England Theatre. This is a special edition episode because every now and then we have a conversation that's just so special and so uniquely aligned with our values as an organization that we just have to share all of it. And this was the case for our talk with Miriam Alarcón Avila, a photographer based out of Iowa City with a powerful story in an equally powerful way with words. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Before we get into our conversation, I gotta let y'all know Witching Hour is back on November 5th and 6th after a two-year hiatus, and it's going to be extra crazy wonderful. The centerpiece for this year's festival is a sonic sculpture created by Grammy-nominated composer and sound artist Tim Story. It's called the Mobius Strips, and it pays homage to the late great legend in German electronic music, Dieter Mobius. Dieter Mobius not only contributed to influential crowd rock bands like Cluster and Harmonia, but he also created his own legacy as a solo artist and visionary. Part of his philosophy was that art should be playful and it should be for everyone. And that's exactly what we're getting with the Mobius Strips an immersive experience where you're going to be the composer as you piece different sounds together by moving your body between speakers on the Englert stage. And this interactivity and immersiveness is at the heart of Witching Hour 2021. Along with the world premiere of Mobius Strips, Witching Hour will feature readings, performances, and conversations with world-class artists and thinkers. It's a playground for your mind, body, and soul, and it all goes down November 5th and 6th. We encourage you to invest in this art and grab your passes today. Miriam Alecrón Avila is primarily a photographer as well as a visual, multimedia, and storytelling artist. She was born in Mexico City and has lived in Ensenada and Hualtolco, Mexico. She's now been in Iowa City for over 19 years. You've probably seen at least some of her photos around town, as she's worked with numerous organizations, including Hancher, Summer of the Arts, Global Food Project, and many more. Her long-term personal photo documentary work, Immigrant Luchadores is currently on display at the Des Moines Public Library until October 15th. She's currently working on a communitary ofrenda for Dia de Muertos on November 1st and 2nd. Miriam, I'm really excited to be talking with you today. I'm a fan of your work, and thank you so much for coming on to The Best Show Ever podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Ellie. I'm so excited to be here too. Um, I'm a big fan of your show too. So I'm excited to be here this morning.
0: Yay. Um, So I want to focus on primarily your work as a photographer. Um, And actually yesterday, a great Press Citizen uh, article and interview um, was published about you. Um, And you kind of talk in there about um, how you've You've always felt compelled to create, even from a young age, Um, but you had a specific moment when you realized that taking pictures, capturing a moment was a deep, strong impulse for you. Can you talk about that moment a little bit where you had that realization?
1: We actually have two different moments. The first one I experienced when I was a child, well, I was not a child, I was 15 years old. Um, I born in Mexico City and I was in eight, 1985, there was a big earthquake in Mexico City. Uh, it killed so many people, thousands of peoples. And I remember I was walking in the area where everything was destroyed. And I'm just looking around my city and I start to see all the buildings, all the buildings crumble mm. um, and the, the smell of the dead and mm. the fear in the faces of everyone, the fe- feeling the feeling of my own family. Uh, and I saw a um, big building who was all made of glass and in that glass, it was a reflect the reflection of the a building, it was all crumbled. And when I saw that, it's like I want to have a camera to capture that. I didn't have any camera, I didn't have any equipment. So I take a photograph with my memory. Mm-hmm. And in that moment when was when <sighs> I decide I need to do whatever it takes to have a camera. I need to start to sharing what I see and I need to share with the world what my eyes see. That was one moment. Uh, and since then I tried to do whatever I could in order to become a photographer. First to try to get in a camera. Back then it was only film so it was very difficult. I uh, tried to get in the school for photography but it was not really something like that and my mom we was three little girl well three girls with my mom as a widow so no way for my mom to be able to afford to that like even even now to be able to have a good camera um it's very expensive back then it was even more expensive and not just the camera the film all mm-hmm. the equipment that it goes related to it uh so that that was the beginning of myself being so motivated to share. Imagines that I can just see it through my eyes. It was until um, I moved over here when I was able to start to take photography more seriously. I have the opportunity to. Exa- to take a few classes at the University of Iowa, and I start to take photographs. Um, I start in a digital world, and then I start to just going up with my friends. They have shows, and they're musicians, and they come to take photos from a show. So basically, you just start there, uh, going nights, weekends, take photos, until I start to learn about the craft, about taking photographs, performing artists, documenting their lives, documenting their moments when they're performing. I start to go into the mill, to, to caves, uh, mm-hmm. all these different places. Every jazz fest, I was there taking photos. Every opportunity I have, I start to just creating them. Imagine they can be shared and by the time passed i was very lucky to start to take photographs from for chair auditorium but there was uh, something within myself um they start to remind me that i love taking photos of artists and performers you know Mm -hmm. it's an incredible communion they happen when the Artist is in the stage performing, and then it's the camera in between us, and their creative process it just uh collide with my own creative process mm. and in that moment I imagine is imprinted in the in the in the camera and it just get there for like an instant of time, just grab it and stop it for infinity. Um, it's a very magical moment, and I love it. But the world, the really calming side, it was the world who have a deeper meaning, a work that is highlighting the things that happen in my community as a Latino, as an immigrant, uh, that I was missing. I have a big desire to share my community, the struggles of my people living here in Iowa City, in the in the Iowa area. And I start to share with the people because that stories are very powerful. So the second moment who was very important for me was when I had the opportunity to, to go to the um, photojournalist um, symposium mm-hmm. And in that moment I see the work of this incredible photojournalist, David Gutterfeld. Was there incredible photographs? And when I start to see all these images, I just I start just crying and crying and crying. Mm-hmm. Remembering Miriam when I was little and I was walking in the earthquake, in the middle of the destroyed city by the earthquake, and remembering the I wanna share that part that part that really shake humanity to the ground to bring all the things that are positive and beautiful because together when all the destroyed city, it came all the people who start to help if, each other, the solidarity, the the one during that type of situations, kind of like what happened here with the derecho. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like something really out of you completely, world come and shake you, world, and then you forget who you are, you forget what level status levels you are, but you just want to help people and you just want to jump in and start to help neighbors and start to see how they are and start to make sure everyone is good. And then you start to bring this beautiful humanity and love for your neighbors and the people who live in your community. And that was what I was missing. I was missing to be able to be in contact with my community. And in that moment, um, after the symposium end, I literally was crying the entire day in there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize that the symposium was end. And one of the presenters, uh, Jonathan Woods, he came to me and he said, you have a question for me? And and that moment is when I realized that everyone was gone and I was just there crying. (sighs) And I look at him and I say, yes, I do. I do. I want to know. I want to know what do you do? What do you do to be able to create this incredible work of uh, photos that you are creating? And how do you balance that with your life? And... He smiled at me and he said, I only have one plant. And in that moment I realized that his entire life it was around his wor- work. Mm. Um, you know, he, he that was his life. And then when I compare it with myself, it's like I have kids, I'm a single mother. It's like no way, no way I'm gonna be able to achieve all that things. And then he told me something that become kind of like a, my beacon of light and the darkness, and then he say, Miriam, you should not worry about it, because in four years, your kids will be old enough to be in college, and then you will be able to retake all your dreams and, and concentrate on what do you really want to do. From there on, I just start to set up a plan. To start, I I make a four-year plan at that moment, and from there, I just start to working with a precise guide of this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to concentrate my energy, my love and my creativity to achieve this goal and is sh- to share the struggles of the immigrants and Latino communities and minorities living here in Iowa City. And mm. yeah, well, you made me a question and I just went off <laughs> on and on. No,
0: that you you need your own podcast because you just took us through that journey so beautifully and eloquently and I feel like it's hard when you are living you're living through your experience to have like an objective view on yourself but the way you describe your passion your philosophy about this art it really sounds like you were just born photojournalist combining beauty and spontaneity with humanity and the full breadth of life. I don't know. It really just sounds like, yeah, it's kind of like a your destiny situation, not to sound extra, but it really does sound like you were really born to do this work. And I think it's inspiring too, because a lot of people get the impression that there's ever a time in their lives where it's too late to start doing what they feel called to do. But it's never really too late.
1: No, never. I think, and that is one of the biggest challenges, actually, that I've encountered. The fact that when you have the mediums to have the quick pain, mm-hmm. the education, you start very young. You know, the majority of the photography world is fostering and uh, mentoring the young new generations of photographers but when you are a, a person who have to put aside your dreams independent of what they are because you have a life a priority that is your family your kids your own life and your dreams just start to pass in a second term Um. You always have to remember the material of the dreams are these gigantic mm-hmm. energy who come from a place that you don't have an idea where it exists, it exists, but it's there. It's just there. It's present in there. All the time they are with you. And you just have to... Look within and and remember, oh, I have this dream. I have this desire to achieve this goal. And no matter what, it doesn't really matter what it is. But it's something stronger from within in you. When you take a time from your life, when your kids and your family and pay the bills and work your nine to five job. And when you take a moment to sit and to reflect what is really important in your life. And I think this uh, pandemic is what is being, uh, is the gift is giving us the opportunity to have that moment to reflect about what is really important. Then, of course, your family is important, but then you cannot Love, serve well your family if you don't love yourself mm. first, if you are not well yourself first. And in order to be healthy from within in your physical, mentally, and spiritual, you have to feel complete. And when you have pieces of dreams that has not been achieved, you always will have a sensation if something is missing. But when you realize that you can start to finding and creating that pieces with you, sometimes you just have to take a moment of your day to breathe deeply and to say, okay, I have the dream of X and X and Y and Z. Well, today I'm going to do one minute of something who." Is gonna help me to achieve that dream, and I guess a lot of people tell me that I'm very perseverant, and I guess I am, you know. Because, um, how do they say that expression? That I'm not a, a spring chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not that little girl who was walking in the Mexican destroyed anymore. I felt like many lives has passed passing through, but I am now this woman who have the capac- the capability the love and the commitment to continue to find the ways to achieve that dreams and every time when i felt i'm getting more near i leave the moment and experience it and i'm grateful for it but i may still continue to search because there's still another dreams to fulfill you need to
0: be my life coach (laughs) giving me chills just talking about this i we just don't talk about our dreams enough as people or as a society like i don't know because i totally agree with you that you can't truly love and take care of the people around you in your life if you are if you're aching with the dissonance of being against your dream like not feeling fulfilled and pursuing what calls you in life. I truly, I believe that. I think it's so easy to lose sight of that for whatever reason. Um, Let's talk about the Luchadores Immigrants in Iowa project, which is phenomenal. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, Miriam, we need to have Miriam on the podcast. Like, this is so good. Everything we love. So it's a photo series Featuring Iowa luchadors, which are wrestlers, correct?
1: Well, actually, they're wrestlers, but it's not the type of wrestlers that you imagine. So let's start for the meaning of the word lucha. The meaning of the word lucha in Spanish have a double meaning. One is the name of the match in the lucha libre. The match is called la lucha, but it also means the, the struggle. And the overcoming. So, yes, I'm featuring mm-hmm. luchadores. They are, res- they are wrestling against the odds of the circumstances living here in this space. My luchadores are Latinos, and their majority are immigrants. And they are wrestling against discrimination. They're wrestling against the obstacles to be able to live in this community and felt integrated in a community. Uh, so there are people, common people, uh, who live among us, who walk among us, and sometimes we don't see them. We don't see them because when you are an immigrant and you have a Latino heritage, And you have a skin color. Uh, You have an accent. Your English perhaps is not the best. All that people around you start to place you in this tiny micro box. It's called a stereotype. And they don't want to move you from there. Um, Mm. So these luchadores are breaking the box. Are fighting to change that stereotype, to kill that stereotype, because they have the right to be here like everyone else. So inspired by my superheroes in John H., the luchadores in the Lucha Libre, El Santo, El Blue Demon, I came up with the idea to utilize the Lucha Libre mask to cover the identity of these Latinos, to allow them to become the superheroes, the public superheroes they already are, and start to share their lives, and their lucha, and the struggle, and the way how they've been achieving their dreams, this very well-known stereotype of this American dream, how they've been leaving their countries after violence, persecution, hunger, climate change, fear, and move to this country with the dream, the dream of have a possibility of be alive. For many of them, if they don't leave their places, their places where they born, they will be dead by now. But they find a way to, to have a second chance in life here in Iowa. And through my portraits, through the work that we do together, uh, we share that story. So I meet these Latinos and hear their stories and make a customized masks I build together. I construct the masks.
0: You made the masks?
1: Yeah, I made all the masks for all of them. Oh my gosh, they're incredible. Thank you. And each mask represents their story, the immigration story, their family uh, heritage story. And then once I have the mask uh, completed, they wear the mask and I take the, the photograph. I photograph their, make their portraits and I also, um, uh, they have the opportunity to tell the story through a poem. So each of my photographs comes together with a poem that reflects their story. And that is the main goal of the Immigrant Luchador Project that is um, share their stories in these beautiful ways, because, you know, like, I really did not want to, to... Latinos in Iowa live in a very, like many other immigrants and minorities, we live in in something, it's very peculiar. It's just like living in an alternated world that is in the same place, it's invisible to many, unless you are a Latino, then you see it. Hmm. Or unless you are an immigrant. If you walk around Iowa City, let me tell you that now in the past uh, months, I've been seeing more Latinos in Iowa. In Iowa City, I've been seeing more. Uh, But usually it's really hard to find them. But if you go to a restaurant, I can guarantee you that a Mexican, a Latino, an immigrant, it's going to be preparing your food. It's going to be cleaning the dishes. It's going to be cleaning the hotels and the area or any hotel that you go and visit around. Um, they're going to be cleaning the streets in dark in the middle of the night. They're going to be doing the constructions. They're going to be all that job that no one else wants to do. So. If you live in that world, it's very visible to you. But if you live in your own world, you probably see these people moving around you, but you never see them really.
0: We'll be hearing more from Miriam after a quick word from our development director, Katie Roche.
2: Did you know that you could be promoting your business, organization, or event to Best Show Ever podcast listeners by placing an ad here on the show? Sponsoring Best Show Ever or other Englert programming ties your brand to a local legacy, the Englert Theater. And your support of the Inglert now means more than ever before. In 2020, we experienced a significant revenue shortfall brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. Through this financially tumultuous time, we're producing new digital productions, including this podcast, our Stages concert series, and Witching Hour Festival, all to inspire positive community growth through the arts. Packages range from $100 on up. Our investment in the arts community is only possible with support from sponsors like you and art supporters are known for supporting those that support the arts. Visit slash sponsorship for all of the information about how to advertise. I mean, you're listening right now. Place your ad here. slash sponsorship
0: What has been the response to this project been like and how has it differed between people who Latino and immigrants and what's that difference? between people who aren't?
1: Well, I think first I have to say that I was very lucky to get a grant from the Iowa Arts Council back in 2017 to start the project. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for that opportunity. And that opportunity has been open a lot of spaces for share these stories. Um, the people who is no Latinx, I've been encountering thankful Thankfully, I've been encountering people that is, I have no idea if if because the work, it's like magical. I will say it's like magical. Um, just see this uh, and hear or read the stories of these luchadores and have a completely different perspective of what you was expecting. The people who have seen this work, the people who know about my work, is very grateful and thankful. A lot of people come to me and say, thank you so much for sharing this. There was there was things that I have no idea they exist. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I asked that question because you talk about like this invisible world that's happening, you know, how there's two realities that go on, you know, right here in Iowa City. And I, my whole life have, you know, moved with the privilege I've been born into. And that's the reality I live most of the time. And there are times that happen every now and then where I've snapped out of that. And I'm like, look at all this stuff that you're not seeing because you... Move in a path of privilege. And that's part of why I love art. That's part of why I love this piece, is because I read the poems the luchadores wrote. And it's just like these people have seen and experienced so many things, beautiful and horrible. And they are walking past me on the street. You know what I mean? Perceiving that second universe from the other side is kind of how this made me feel.
1: Yeah, you know, like me, myself, knowing these two worlds, um, like one day, I'm going to tell you one one story. One day I have a um, meeting with one of my luchadores. He is a cook in one restaurant. I don't want to mention any names, but he's a cook mm-hmm. in a restaurant here in Iowa. in the Iowa City area. So he was working in this restaurant and he told me I meet with him in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then he say, I was working so hard to try to get all this food ready. Uh, we have a lot of customers. A lot of people is, is stopping by. And then he showed me his arm. And his arms was full of burns.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he have a lot of burns because he's working the grill and he have to move so fast. That sometimes the the, the hot pants... Um, touch his skin and he burns himself and when he showed me his arms and I see all these scars like tattoos in his arms it just made me feel like god um, and then you have to do that in order to move fast to be able to have all this food ready for these people who come to eat that was the encounter I have in the morning with him and then later I was uh, somewhere in Iowa City, and I hear this guy. He say, oh, we're going to go to this restaurant. They have this food. It's incredible. They have these things. We want to go there and take some beers, have some fun. You can bring all your friends. We're going to have so much fun, and the the food is fantastic. Um, We're just going to have a great time. And then when I saw his face and his ear, really knowing that the food that they're going to receive is so great and delicious and they're going to spend a time to enjoy with their friends and i know that the person is going to be making that food is the same guy who have his arms marked with the bones to be able to keep and serve that food It made me cry, you know, my my, my eyes got watery and really remembering that that we are here in in a world with many things that we cannot see are affecting our lives and it really make you wondering, are we doing the right thing? are we concentrating on things that really matter are when we look at the people are we really looking at the real human being it's just so powerful that my work can create a bridge between these two worlds and allow people to cross from one side to the other side and realize that there are things that are more important in life. And that is the things that we have to work towards and we have to concentrate it. And then when you see someone who is being discriminated, you have to stop to be a bystander and say no. And help these other people. And when you see someone who doesn't speak the language as well as you, instead of look at them with a weird face and saying, I don't understand what you're talking about. You can just breathe, listen, really listen, and take a moment to open your heart to read the language of humanity and connect with them so yeah when we go back to these two worlds these two worlds coexist really in reality there is the same world but we want we want to see them separated in order to have inclusion it has to be in two ways you have to let people in and you also have to get in to be together in this community as one, as as a whole one.
0: You said the language of humanity, and yeah, I feel like that's just kind of is what you do. You speak the language of humanity very well, it seems, and what the service you provide for this community on both ends of these two worlds that we're talking about, of, of bringing them together, of creating inflection points for people in their life to stop and think or stop and feel validated and feel seen. So, so invaluable, so priceless. So yeah, I guess I want to say thank you so much for coming onto this podcast and sharing your wisdom with us. This is maybe my favorite interview we've ever done. So really, really deeply appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Ellie. It's been a pleasure for me too.
0: Our song of the week is Teacher by Mary Buzon. Mary is a multimedia artist with affinities for visuals, poetry, and music. She writes, composes, and produces, and is also a frequent collaborator with Iowa City artists such as Jim Swim, Ade, and Anthony Warden. This particular song was written by Mary, co-produced by Gladwell and Avery Moss, and we get a little Jim Swim action on it as well. Mary is seriously such a hidden gem, and I can't wait for y'all to fall in love with her like I have. Anyways, here it is, the exclusive unreleased track. Teacher by Mary Buzan.
3: I empty out my cup tonight, I make a deal to God, I'll keep my sight. What's for dinner, I'm restless, I want it aye, 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 aye. I think you sense my obsession I think I sense your objections I'll pretend and go get mine, on mine All night, I think I need what I want i come and lead through the front I got the keys, you watch me lock it Then walking away, I felt fulfilled For a minute, as soon as I'm filled it's the minutes You felt the chill when I finished I'm sorry, give me some space
0: people think apps will be their tool for buying or selling a home. The apps may be great at identifying homes or buyers for sellers, but to make a deal come together requires artful skills and strategies to be successful in a competitive market. My name is Kim Schillig. I'm a realtor with Lepic Krager Realtors serving Eastern Iowa. If you are considering buying or selling a home, I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. Kim Schillig, and I'm a proud sponsor of Best Show Ever and the Inkler Theater, licensed to sell real estate in the state of Iowa. Support for this podcast comes from Friends of the Inglert. To learn more, visit englert.org friends. Ongoing support provided by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Iowa Arts Council, a division of the Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs, and by the United States Regional Arts Resilience Fund. Phase One is an initiative of Arts Midwest and its peer United States Regional Arts Organizations, made possible by the Andrew W.
3: Mellon Foundation.